We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. my throat a little bit welcome to the dfs pregame show here on roto grinders i'm jordan cooper aka blender at blender hd if you want to follow me on twitter and it's wednesday september 14th and uh we'll be taking a first look at the nfl the main slate nfl coming up week two sunday 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 and uh and taking your questions from the youtube chat as always if you got questions i got answers Got strategy questions, DFS stuff. I've been in a decent mood this week. I've I've even been answering stupid questions. Oh, my God. What has gotten into me? I've been in a good mood, right? I, I found out yesterday I went to see my accountant. I filed an extension on my taxes, okay? So I have I have a business as well as my own personal taxes, okay? And, uh, and recently, over the past two years, I've converted, like, my DFS stuff. Like I used to have a digital marketing business and I converted that all to like everything goes through my business. Uh, and then I also pay, you know, then I pay myself 
as an employee type of thing. Uh, and then uh, I've never filed an extension before. Okay. So like uh, I, had to, I had to wait on some stuff for, for business, for business taxes purposes. So I filed an extension. I was like, okay, if I'm, I need to file an extension for my personal taxes. Cause I don't even know, like my, there's K1 stuff. There's a fancy tax stuff that I, that I wouldn't have known. And I wouldn't have known how much I would need to pay. So I, I filed an extension for my personal taxes. So, okay. So that doesn't need to be filed till October 15th. My business one's September 15th. So that can come up immediately. Right. So, uh, so I went, went to my accountant. So I get all my tax stuff and then I could file my personal taxes. And, uh, when, when, whenever, whenever you file an extension, realize that's not an extension on your, on your payment, right? You, you still got to pay on time, right? So, but you may not know exactly how much it is. So you estimate, right? So you say, I'll, I'll pay something. I'll probably pay a little bit, a little bit more than needed just to make sure. So I don't get the, you know, the interest and penalties or anything involved, which probably isn't that much, but did one to play it safe. So I just, I just, based on how I normally do do my personal taxes, I just estimate it's ah, about 25%, I guess. Well, I just, I'll give them 25 for federal. Yeah, 25%. So I sent them 25%, whatever, whatever my adjusted gross income, I just sent it to them on the extension. But I didn't realize until my tax, until I got my business taxes back, that uh, since I pay myself as an employee, like a lot of those taxes are already being withheld, right? I'm already paying that on a quarterly basis anyway. Uh, so my estimate was completely wrong. Right. So it's like, OK, I think I owe this much. Just take it. Right. And so it turns out that uh, grossly overpaid by like sixteen thousand dollars. So found out yesterday, hey, you're getting sixteen thousand dollars back from the government. You just gave them you gave them too much. I don't know why you just your estimate was off. You gave them too much. OK, so it's almost like I won a GPP yesterday. I thought that I thought that was gone. Right. As well as my withholdings and all that type of stuff. So I'm in a good mood. I'm in a good mood. Uh, when am I going to see that money? Who the hell knows? They say it's it say seven to fourteen days or something direct deposit. I don't know, but it felt like I wanted like sixteen thousand dollars just showed up. Oh, I didn't realize I had this. So, so give me a thummy thumb for that. Give a thummy thumb for well, I mean, it, it, I mean, I guess it, it wouldn't have, didn't change anything. Just I I, I should have only paid X amount uh, back in back in April. Whatever, but whatever. Give me the thummy thumbs. Give me the good mornings. Wataz, Suki Singh, Doug Montgomery, Jay Brown, 764, Bart B, GM. Yeah, I don't know the G. That's the NFT crypto stuff. I, I don't I don't deal with that shit. GM, GM with the coffee cup. I, I don't deal with any of that stuff. Right. We're not gonna talk about rainmakers or anything. But I will answer your questions, right? I mean, we're we're in pretty much NFL mode all the time. So you got questions, I got answers. I'm going to take the first look at the, the slate for Sunday. Running it through the through some of the tools that uh, we just released. Ethereum Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players. We just released this a little over two weeks ago. It's it's my advanced course. Okay, so if you've been playing regularly and uh, you want a systematic, repeatable, time-efficient process to analyze slates effectively and consistently build lineups, that show a long-term profit. It's a 10-chapter audio course, and it comes with uh, Excel tools, mostly for DraftKings, right? Because we could download the CSVs and stuff, but you could kind of jury-rig them for FanDuel. Uh, I think James has has done some some of that work to make to possibly work for FanDuel as well, because their formatting is a little bit different. Uh, but I, I will be taking a first look using the tools from the course, which are the tools that I use, okay? James essentially built tools for me to improve my and, and accuracy and the efficiency of my process. 
So that's what I use. I use it last su- Sunday. I use it for showdown. I use it for everything now, right? It gets me like some, a process that would normally take me 40 minutes now takes me 12 minutes, right? It really dramatically speeds it up. So I'll be showing some stuff off looking at Sunday slate today. Uh, Jason Hull, how did you do on the Monday slate? No, I did. Uh, the first half was good. When Geno Smith was cooking, it was good in the first half, but then the Broncos uh, did a whole bunch of damage. So no, did did not uh, did, did, did not end up doing well. In the beginning, I thought I was going to do great, but no, ended up no. That Judy 67-yard touchdown, that was that that spelled the end, and I started just going down and down as the Seahawks couldn't really do anything in the second half. Oh, let's see. Grant Brown, if you pay taxes, are you in the top 1%? Probably, right? I got I to gotta pay taxes on my winnings. Got to pay taxes on, you know, obviously core sales and and working here, Roto-Grinders, as an independent contractor. I got, I got income coming in. Uh, JWH, do you play showdown slates for NFL? Yes. Uh, maybe not all of them. Maybe, maybe not all of them. Maybe not like the one o'clock, four o'clock, like the smaller ones. The island game ones I, I primarily play. Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football. If so, do you play only the large showdown slates? Or, okay. You can play all the showdown slates, each game to minimize the impact and variance. You can. You can play as many, play all the slates. If you have an edge, just play as all the slates, every slate possible. The, the only problem is I'm only one person, right? It's hard to do that effectively, right? Multiple sites, all the slates, every day, the two game MLB turbo slate, the, this, the, the night slate for NBA while NFL is going on. Like it just, I'm only one person. I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't do it all, but yes, you can do it. Understand that the, 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 the smaller showdown slates on Sunday are just the, the top prizes. You know, the, the price pools are small. If you're playing like cash game type of stuff, three mans. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? If you can get it done. If you believe that the time is worth putting into it rather than putting the time into something else, right? I'm, I, I have so much more money on the main slate in on Sundays that that's where my priority goes. I, uh, instead of making 4 PM uh, showdown slate lineups, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a late swap stuff. So like, which is the priority? I'm only one person, but yes, in theory, you should be playing as many of the slates as possible. If you have an edge. And, uh, and most people, and especially recreational players, will play the, the Sunday slate. So let's take a look at the Sunday slate. And most people do a first look by going, oh, let's take a look at the plays. But you know me. I don't do picks and plays. I don't do plays here. These are just names on a spreadsheet. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to build 300 lineups, okay? So I'm going to build 300 lineups here. And I'm going to build, we're, we're, this is for GPPs. So we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get some, some stacks, right? Maybe a little bit of diversity. Limit this to one. So let's just build very, very basic, like one plus one with a run back type of type of stacks, right? Doesn't even matter. Running backs, I don't care. That's fine. So one quarterback, one wide receiver or tight end, and one. Uh, do we even tight ends? How many good tight ends do we even have in the pool? Pitts, Hawkinson, Kobe Boone, but not many. Not many of them. So let's 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 keep let's keep the the, the stacks to the wide receivers only. Just getting a small subsection of the types of lineups. If people were using the RG projections, which are pretty good projections, right? Uh, of course, these are the Wednesday projections. They'll get better and better throughout the week, right? We got initial ownership. This isn't like completely, you know, the most accurate. By Friday, by Saturday, would be much better. And then just see, like, okay, well, a one plus one, a two plus one. It's very 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 simple style of lineup. 
And let's put a little, just a tad, maybe a tad bit of diversity, just a unique players too. And let's make sure most people will spend like most of their salary, right? 49.5, right? Just to take a look at what, what, what shows up, right? Probably people don't play double tight end, right? Let's, let's put in, you know, 50, 50 here. So we just don't get double tight ends. Right, not because we can't play double tight ends. I'm trying to see what what other people will do with these projections, and then see. Okay, we got everything here. Let's see what stacks show up. Let's see what players show up. We don't have to go through the player pool. We just build 300 lineups and see. Right, I'm assuming we're going to see a lot of Bengals defense. Probably going to see tight end doesn't look all that great. We'll probably see Devante, Amon Ra, Marquise Brown. Yeah, I mean, T. Higgins is questionable. So, he, I mean, that, that may change, right, obviously. He's in the concussion protocol. Look, the running backs, we'll probably see Barkley, Barkley, Fournette, McCaffrey, Mixon, Henderson, Taylor, Swift. Okay, that, that makes sense. You should see a bunch of that. And the stack, we should see Carr Adams, Stafford Cup. We got, like, Jared Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, maybe a little bit more. But we'll see. I'll build, I'll build 300 lineups, and we'll, we'll put we'll put this in the portfolio correlation matrix, right? So this will take this will take a, a couple of minutes. So if you got any questions, got thumbs ups in the chat, give me a like, give me a subscribe. We got tons of stuff on the channel. Later, later today, I'll be on MLB uh, Grinders Live later today at five o'clock. So over the MLB slate, which I, do I even know who's playing now? But I'll I'll just use the projections, see what happens. I'll be on later. There's other NFL shows coming up this week. Jazzy J returns. No. Jazzy J, you're very new to the show. You need MLB picks. Best thing to do is to maybe watch uh, MLB Grinders Live later today on Roto Grinders. I don't do any picks anyway. My suggestion would be to subscribe to Roto Grinders Premium, Combo Premium, and look at our projections. Right? So I could I could go right now. Right? You want home runs? Home runs? I mean, I'll I'll go to the bat. Right? So I'm going to go to the bat, which are Derek Hardy's projection system. Right? I'm going to go to the standard projections. Like I said, I have no idea who's playing tonight. I have no idea who's pitching. I have no idea who's in the starting lineups. Because remember, DFS is not about that at all. Well, Jesse J doesn't want projections. Well, then maybe maybe you're watching the wrong show. And maybe you could be nicer to other people in chat. So I get rid of them. See, this is this is the 95% of people. Did, haven't I told you that? 95% of people that claim they want they want to learn, then they don't want to learn. They want to they re, 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 reinforce their own worldviews. So bye-bye. Especially if you're gonna if you're gonna tell someone else and uh, tell uh, someone that's actually better than them in the chat, other users that actually do well in DFS to go get benched. Right, JWH says go look at the Vegas odds for home runs if that's what you want. Exactly, that's exactly the point. Now it's fine. I get I fine. My audience knows that predicting like what's the most probable is not necessarily the most profitable. So who cares? Right, I could go on the bat and go. Okay, uh, Aaron Judge yesterday. Okay, it's not that hard. Right, go look at home run props. I can go to scores and odds right now. Right, go to scores and odds. Right, our sister site. I go I'll look at the props. 
right? Go look at the props. Let's see. We got uh, home runs. Can we sort? Can we sort this? Aaron Judge. I think our best odds. I think it's sorted by that. Oh, we got it's a, maybe not completely, but close enough, right? We go to yeah, Aaron Judge. There, there's my home run pick. Aaron Judge by a lot more than some other players, right? Pete Alonso, Mike Trout, Luke Voigt. So, like, what am I doing? All I'm doing is reading a site to you. Doesn't, doesn't seem that useful of a amount of time when you could just go go to scoresandodds.com slash MLB slash props. You don't even have to pay for this. You may have to pay for the, the, the RG projection in there. But you just look, two, plus 235. There you go, Aaron Judge. Yeah, but what happens if he's $12,000 on drafting? Well, that may, that may not be the best value. So there you go. <sighs> JWA says, but Blender, don't you have to have a home run from every single hitter or maybe even your pitcher to win a GBP? Oh, yeah, you got to, right? You got you to gotta home run hunt. No, you don't. Pick, pick the team that scores the most runs. You get five hitters from that team or four on FanDuel, you, you probably did well. Okay, we're up to 220. Also, there's Champions League soccer. If you want, if you want any questions about Champions League soccer this afternoon, feel free. I did, I did, I, I could have done so much better yesterday if it wasn't for, uh, if it wasn't for Porto just like completely crapping the bed, and then Diaby scoring, even though that was good for someone else that I know. Diaby didn't score for Leverkusen. It was that was Demerbay. I would have won a king of the pitch tip, but no, it couldn't happen. It had to be Diaby. But yes, if you have soccer, if you have soccer questions for today, feel free. I mean, soccer is my is my if you want to call it my primary sport, my bread and butter. So I play I play nearly all EPL and Champions League slates, and I used to before I expanded to other sports, play all the interleagues, all the everything. I just played soccer DFS. JWA asks: Meeting projections for soccer are essentially useless given the variance, right? They're not useless. You just have to understand the context. Every, the difference, the distributional differences between players can be dramatic. Okay. So you have to know what type of player they are. So for instance, I'm looking at the, at the RRG projections for Champions League, which obviously just assumes projected lineups. I mean, we don't know until we're not going to know until what, like 145, two o'clock Eastern, what the actual starting lineups are. So like these, like a median projection for Tony Cruz is a much more normal distribution. Why? Well, he's a central midfielder that gets most of their the peripheral points from free kicks and corner kicks. He takes a lot of set pieces, right? So set piece takers have a much more normal distribution of their projection, right? But you take someone like Casper uh, Dolberg, for instance, right? On Sevilla, if he starts, like 9.42 for 4,400. Sounds good. Like, wow, okay, that's 2.14x. Like, Casper Dolberg rarely scores nine points. He's a center forward. So he's either going to score two or three, or he's going to score 14 or 15, right? The median, right? The middle is nine, but it's not a normal distribution. It's more bimodal. So if you're plugging him in, like, thinking that, like, oh, yeah, I'm going to lock in, like, eight or nine points, it's like he rarely scores eight or nine points. He's going to score one or the other. So if you're playing cash games, it's like, I don't know, 4.4 gets... For someone that could easily just get zero or one or something, you know, but he could also get 15, right? So you take a look at those. So knowing 
what the players are. Uh, like Lionel Messi, like comparison, these, these, these uh, PSG forwards. When we take a look, because you have three to choose from, right? You have Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe, and they're all expensive. And of course, they're the hu- your humongous favorite uh, heading over to uh, what, Mike Maccabee Haifa in Israel. I mean, obviously, they're three of the best players in the world. So it's like, well, looking at, looking at their projections, it's like, okay, what's the, really the big difference between them? Well, Lionel Messi's projection is going to be much more normal than Neymar and Mbappe's. Neymar is going to be slightly more normal than Mbappe based on how the players play. Messi takes most of their set pieces, most of their corner kicks, which means they rack up. He has much more normal distribution of peripherals. Neymar gets fouled a lot more. He has the ball at his feet a lot more. So he is slightly more, and he plays uh, wide. So he'll cross the ball more. He'll get draw fouls more, right? He doesn't, really doesn't take any set pieces anymore. So his his distribution is more normal than Mbappe, but not as normal as, as Messi. And Mbappe's is not normal at all. Mbappe is completely bimodal because he's playing centrally. And it's like, he could straight... He could have, he could have three or four shots, right? And this, especially in this game, but this this median is is really based around like goals and assists more than anything else. So you take a look and you go, like, which one would you play in cash games over one another? Well, you play Messi if they were all the same price and all the same projection. Messi would be have a more normal distribution. So that's the that's the only difference. You could still use these. You could still use mean or median projections. You just have to know that the standard deviations for pl- different players are going to be dramatically different. Knowing the game, like set piece takers are typically like cash game type of staples because they have more normal distributions. And then guys that have really bimodal distributions are almost purely GPP plays. Like I wouldn't play Mbappe in cash today, even though, you know, he's one of the best odds to score a goal. I think Holland actually has the best odds to score a goal. He's at 11.6 against Dortmund at home. But this this 21.46, you can't treat that like a basketball projection, right? You saw a basketball projection like that, and you're like, okay, that's a nice normal distribution. Like, Holland ain't normal, right? He's a center forward. He's, he's not, he, he may take a couple more shots this game than, than unusual, but like someone like Phil Foden at 8,500 at 16.74, his distribution is more normal, right? Not It's not that normal, but it's more normal. So, like, you have to understand that with Holland, you could easily just get four points. You could also get 40, right? He could score, he could score three goals with one assist and seven shots. I mean, he, it could be that. So, that, that's the only difference. You could use soccer projections. Just, you have to, you probably have to know a little bit more about the game of soccer just to know, what, st- what type of players and what the formations are. But in general, wide in DraftKings pricing, wide players and set-piece takers are typically like this, more of a floor because you get points for crosses and, and, and fouls drawn and stuff like that. And that's more likely to happen on the, on the outside than on the inside. And center forwards typically have the best chance of scoring goals, but also don't put up that many peripheral points. And the same thing for like defensive midfielders and center backs. So in defense, center backs, other than the clean sheet, the clean sheet equity is like half of their score. And defensive midfielders typically aren't close enough to goal that 
you know, a defensive midfielder, unless they're unless they have set pieces, right? Unless they're taking some corners, typically don't have the greatest goal scoring chances. So they they're they're project oh he's six point projection. Well, that seems pretty good for a defensive midfielder. It's like, yeah, but like they rarely put up 20 points because they're they may score one, they may score one goal the entire season. And they may have like a grand total of eight shots for the entire season. So outside of those peripheral points, there's really no upside in many of them. So that's the difference, knowing knowing that. How each team kind of plays. And obviously, depending on how big of a favorite they are, how much they're more likely to cross the ball than to go up the middle. I mean, I find I find soccer, while projections can be useful, definitely, they're definitely useful. Knowing a little bit more about the game does provide context to the projections. Uh, JWH says, so is it worthwhile to create base projections that calculate a projection solely based on crosses, shots, and shots on goal? Yeah, well, you could do that. And then then if you want to uh, take in the uh, goal, anytime goal scoring odds or something like that, and use that as the points for goals. So if someone has anytime goal scoring odds of, of plus 100, you'd count that as like five points, right? You probably have to bump it up because they could score two, right? Because plus five, plus 100 would be 50% chance of scoring a goal at any point during the game, right? And a goal is worth 10 points. You're not counting because you're already counting the shot and the shot on goal of the goal. So you'd add five points to that as the, as the median. But yeah, for like cash games and stuff like that, sometimes, sometimes, unless there's a, a, forward that has like insane goal scoring odds, you know, minus 300, minus 400 type of stuff. You're primarily building cash lineups in soccer that like, let me act as if every game is zero, zero and no goals are scored. How do I score the most points now? Grant Brown says the biggest soccer question, can we get a decent contest? Yeah, they're horrible. I mean, they run with good top. Like, you can win 10,000 a first place. It's just that the payout structure is like, just it's so top heavy. 10,000 a first and like 500 to 70. Like, it's like, it's really bad. Even even some of the small field ones, the 333 they run sometimes, you know, they, they run it, but sometimes it's like 33% the first place. And just like, ugh. I mean, this is the main reason why. I mean, I, I'm primarily a soccer cash game player. I'll play the qualifiers, the king of the pitch. I'll play the $44 contest. Uh, yeah, I do play the 222 or the whatever, 180, the scorpion kick or something, but only when the the, the, the payout structure is good. Sun, uh, on Saturdays, a lot of times it's, it's better than on the Champions League days. <sighs> JWH, for one-sided prop odds, say winning a golf tournament or goal scorer where you can't bet not winning or not scoring... Do you worry that the odds may be extra juice? Then, 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 then reduce it based on that. Yeah, of course they're probably extra juice. They're probably that's, that's probably that's not the actual probabilities. But if you want to, if you want to say, okay, let's uh, fifteen cents or something, build odds as if they, you know that they would build odds as if they were forty a forty cent spread and find out the what what's the no big odds of of the of the anytime goal scoring odds. You could do something like that. All I'm saying is that you use it to some extent. So you don't say it's five points. You say it's 4.2 points. I mean, whatever. You could just use that to represent, you know, their, their median in goals. Okay, are we done with the NFL? Okay, good. 300 lineups. Okay, so like I said, I built 300 lineups 
with a very simple stack configuration of a two plus one. So I'm going to export this, right? Because I'm trying to figure out as of right now on Wednesday, what do chalky lineups look like? If you obviously, if you use the RG projections, which are decently representative of, of the rest of the industry, I, I could think at this point, right? So I'm going to, I'm going to export this. I'm going to open this up. I'm going to open it up in Excel and I'll switch over and show you. Remove this. Stop screen. Let me share my screen. I'll share my entire entire screen three. It may be very small, but there. So here you go. I'm going to put it into here, the portfolio, because I have two screens. I'm showing two different things. Okay. So I cleared the lineups out here. This is part of the theory of DFS. Dot com, right? The advanced course. So I'm going to cut and paste. I exported these. Copy. I'm going to cut and paste them right here. Right, so here's all the 300 lineups right here. I'm going to load the lineups into the portfolio assessment. So it could show me what players stick to other players more than other players, right? What combinations? And this may take a minute. So it's a little bit of a diverse... The 300 lineups. This may take a minute. But I'm always here to answer your questions. Give me those thummy thumbs. You know I like them. And of course, you can get the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players. 10 chapters of audio. And these Excel tools that James McCool has built by hand from the ground up. That, let me be clear, I am currently using. You use Roto-Grinders Lineup HQ and the projections and the ownership and these tools that this is how I'm, this is how I built my lineups on Sunday, built my showdown lineups on Thursday, Sunday, Monday. This is, it just speeds up my natural, like I would do this type of stuff manually and it would take a much longer time. So now it's kind of a little bit more automated. So I'm still waiting on this. Because what it's doing is comparing every player in the pool to every other player in the pool to come up with an R value of how many times one player correlates to the other player in a lineup. Not correlates in game performance, just in a lineup. How often is Matthew Stafford and Saquon Barkley in the same lineup? How often is Leonard Fournette and Michael Pittman in the same lineup? So it has to go through every lineup and go ding, 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 and does all that. So the more diverse, the more lineups you put in and the more diverse your lineup portfolio is, the longer it'll take. Typically it takes a minute or two. We wait on it. Now it's not going to show anything that like we couldn't figure out by, by necessarily the main things of like, I could take a look at, at just the exposure, you know, what it ends up. Like, out of these 300 lineups, I'm getting 90% Saquon Barkley, 79% Leonard Fournette, 78% Bengals, uh, 65% Derek Carr. So these are a lot. There's a lot of Raiders stacks. Uh, Marquise Brown, 46%. Daryl Henderson, 43%. Hunter Renfro, 40%. Pitts, 39%. Nico Collins, 38%. Interesting. Devontae Adams, Hawkinson, Higgins, Dorch, Allen Robinson. Uh-oh. So I can see, I mean, I'm I'm more likely to see that the top correlated players are Barkley, Fournette, Barkley, Bengals, Fournette, Bengals, 
Carr and everyone, I guess. And then not as so much on Marquise Brown, Daryl Henderson, Renfro, Pitts, Collins, but they'll be high up there. But it looks like based on these, like Joe Mixon is that kind of like that odd man out. 19% in this 300 build. Okay, yeah, we got it done. There we go. So you can see here, Barkley, what this will do, this portfolio correlation matrix will do, it'll give you the matrix, right? So the R values of every player to every other player. So obviously one means they're correlated in all lineups, right? But this is hard to read, right? You can go through and read the, you know, this matrix, but we give you kind of a list of the, all of them right down here on the side. So the R value of Barkley and the Bengals is 0.81. So out of 300 lineups, they're in 108 total lineups, 36% of your entire portfolio. So here are the top correlations. Uh, in a lineup portfolio, if you were to play like the chalkiest lineups out of out of lineup HQ and the uh, Roto-Grinders projections as of now, you get a lot of Barkley, Bengals, Fournette, right? We just start looking up here. Bengals, Fournette, Carr, Barkley, Barkley, Carr, Carr, Bengals, Bengals, Carr, like Marquise Brown, Bengals, Barkley, Brown, right? You start looking over here. Then in the middle, we have, you can see, a variance factor of how how much of a, the portfolio has the certain combinations of players. So typically, the higher the higher the variance factor means the more that your portfolio relies on that player as a whole, right? How much equity your whole portfolio has in that player. So Barkley, Bengals, Fournette, Carr, Brown, Pitts. So we could look here, like I said, with Mixon, like Mixon doesn't show up as nearly as high. Right, Amon Ross St. Brown even doesn't show up as as high. Allen Robinson actually shows up higher than him because of the, because of the Rams stacks. Nico Collins shows up higher based on their current projections. Probably if you bump Nico Dow- Collins down by a half a point, it doesn't show up as much. But you could use this to go, okay, what lineups do I not make? Maybe I don't make Bar- Barkley, Fournette, Bengals lineups. That's what it looks like right here. Looks like maybe you only play one of the three. So you could still play some of the chalky other players, but you're not playing the chalky combinations of players. And then certain players that you thought may have been, like Amon Ross St. Brown was like the third wide receiver value, but he doesn't seem to be as, yeah, yeah, he's in a lot of Barkley and Fournette and Bengals lineups, but not as many, not as, not as many as I would have thought. So maybe he's someone that you keep out of that group, right? So you could run, you could run lineups like this all you want and plug them into this tool. You can plug your own portfolio to, to see what 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 connections you have between lineups. And if you're too diverse or not as diverse as you want to be. And you can also run with different different projection sets. You could run this with different lineup combinations. I want to run all the Matthew Stafford lineups, 300 Matthew Stafford lineups, and see what players, based on these projections or an aggregate of projections, players stick in Stafford lineups. And then know that in my RAM stacks, to maybe don't play as much of X or play more of the other, this other person that doesn't seem that because of price and position doesn't seem to get into a lot of those types of lineups. Understanding that the field, your, your opponents that you're playing against probably are building those lineups, right? Cause they're either trying to play the best plays too much, right? Their ownership is way too high or they're using an optimizer and they don't know what they're doing, right? Which a lot of people do. Trust me, there. I, I'd say I'd say ninety percent of people that use lineup HQ don't know what they're doing. 
Now, is it better than what they were doing before? Maybe, maybe. But a lot of times they're getting a lot of clumping. They're using, they're, they're, they're forcing in things too much and using exposures that don't make mathematical sense, right? They're either getting too much diversity or too little diversity. So their lineup sets look weird. Their exposures look fine, but their lineups don't. So it's not a matter of exposure. People go by, I want twice as much of this. I want 10% of that. And not realizing that just because your exposures look like that doesn't mean your lineups are good. Me and you, right? I can make the same lineups. I could show you, I can make a hundred lineups that have X exposure to each player or whatever. And my lineups be very good. And then you could have the, literally the same exact exposure on players and your lineups are horrible. So that's, that's, a, that's the caveat that people make the mistake in lineup HQ or other optimizers of saying, well, I just want 20% of Marquise Brown. As long as I get 20% of Marquise Brown, why do I have to look at the lineups? It's like, yeah, because those lineups could be horrible. Yeah, you have 20% of Marquise Brown, but he's in lineups with 5% of this and 1% of that. And and he's in all of your Marquise Brown st- uh, lineups have the Lions defense. And yeah, but I only have the Lions in like 6% of my line. Yeah, but it, it's in all the Marquise Brown lineups because you, you didn't look. Maybe you didn't want that. Maybe that's fine. But do you know? No, you're just guiding everything based on based on exposures and nothing else. Grant Brown says, I ran out of time on sa- Sunday and rushed with lineup HQ. Any reason you couldn't do this for the industry on Saturday and then run a final version with the aggregate Sunday morning? I mean, you can. It depends on if you're waiting for an act. You could have done this this past this past week. Right, because what what inactives are we really are we really waiting on? Nothing, right? So like, I don't, I don't necessarily need the eleven thirty a.m., which it takes 15, 20 minutes for all the sites to update. Like, you don't need that now. If there's this type of thing where it's like we don't know if this guy is playing, and if this guy is playing, he's a great play, he's a great projection, or if this guy isn't playing, it makes these other two people great projections. Then you may need to wait. But I would have no problem getting an aggregate and doing it doing it Saturday night. I mean, you could do this Sunday morning. I mean, I I did it Sunday morning, but I started at like ten o'clock, right? Ten o'clock. I put everything in, and then I started making all my groups. Then I was good for a while. Then I waited till eleven thirty to just make sure the inactives before I started building lineups, and everything was good. But my correlations, the matrix was perfectly fine. So now let's say we take these lineups, right? So these are like kind of like maybe the chalkiest types of lineups based on the RG projections right now. But I could also go in and see that based on the ownership of some of these lineups, which ones are maybe possibly plus EV, even though they are chalky. I could do that in the portfolio trimmer. Okay, so what you could do here in the portfolio trimmer, you could see the matrix is on the, I'm just so I could split the screen. Right, so here, so you could plug in the projections. So I could go to Lineup HQ and download the projections directly from Lineup HQ. Right, so I open that up in Excel. Right, so you can see here. I'm going to put it on the screen. So I have a second window because I, I have multiple screens in front of me. Right, so I have right here. Right, so these are the projections from Lineup HQ. Right, from whatever you're looking at. If you're aggregating, if you're looking at different stuff, you could just download whatever it is. You get all the columns. We don't even need all the columns. Right, for this, I'm going to cop- copy A to G, right, to get the player ID through projected ownership, right? I need the ceiling and the floor. I don't necessarily need it, but yes, that, that would be useful. 
copy those columns, right? Paste them in right there, right? And I need the salary right there, right? So I copy column O there, plug that in right over there, right? So the projections are there. So there, we got the projections in. Now I could take those lineups that we had from the portfolio correlation matrix, right? Or from lineup HQ. I mean, I have the export file, but I could take all these lineups, copy and paste these, copy. And I go to this other sheet as part of the portfolio trimmer tool. This is plugged them in right here, right? And I'm going to load it in the portfolio manager. So what this is going to do right now, this is what this shows, is all the lineups sorted by projection, right? So it's sorted right here. You can see by projection, it also shows you the price of the lineup, right? 50,000, 49.9, everything. The floor projection, sum, the median sum, the ceiling sum, and the ownership sum, right? So you can see here that's like, okay, this lineup projects a little bit lower, but this, this one's a little bit, this one's a little higher owned, right? I could set thresholds to trim any of this by, right? So I could put 100, whatever, right? So if I wanted to cut out in this line, I mean, we take a look at the bottom. Like here's a lineup that projects for 135 as a median. I mean, it's, it's lower, lower ownership. 135, okay, okay. So that's not, these lineups are very chalky. Right, so the 300th lineup is still projecting at 135, even though the top one is 139, okay? So these are really chalky. These are really the top end of lineups. And even the ownership, if we, even if we sort by ownership right here, right? These are very own lineups as well, right? But we get rid of some. Let, maybe, maybe there are some in here. Let's go by projection. Descending again. Right, maybe we want to trim some of these lineups. Maybe, are there some lineups that are that that spend too little? That maybe we get rid of. I don't know. So let's say let's say we wanted to get rid of uh, lineups that didn't sp- like we we only want forty nine eight line. I'm just giving an example, right? So I guess put that in as forty nine eight in there here, and I could just go trim thresholds. It'll go down, and you got rid of the lineups that are under. 49.8. So we got rid of the 49.7 lineups, right? You could do that for the projection, right? If we wanted to get rid of, let's say we want to get rid of all the lineups that are under 137. I could do that right here. I could just type in 137, trim thresholds. It'll go through. Give it a second. Obviously, the more lineups you have in, the more, the longer it takes. So there you go. Done. High is 137. Oh, no. Oh, I said the high is 137. Oh, okay. So now it's giving me all the lineups that have the highest as 137. So that wasn't the min. Right? I did the opposite. Uh-oh. I made a mistake. So what do I do? Do I have to re- do I have to recut and paste? No, I could just reload the portfolio one. Yeah, now all the lineups are back. All the lineups that you inserted in here always stay here. So if you, if you make a mistake or anything like that, you could just do this. Now, I've shown this in lineup HQ, where in general, as a general rule, lineups, you want to play lineups that have the highest projection for the lowest ownership, right? So if you have a lineup that is projected at 140, 
and is 140% owned. And there's a lineup that's at 135 projection and it's 150% owned. Like, why would you play a lineup if you had a choice between the two lineups of playing a lineup that's five points lower projected and higher owned, right? So as you go down in projection, you should also be going down in ownership in theory. Well, with this portfolio trimmer tool, we, we've included a way to do that automatically calling smart trim. I used to show this in lineup HQ by doing it manually. So let me let me show you manually. Let me share my uh, lineup HQ. So we could go into lineup HQ like this and go, okay, this is sorted by project by median projection. So this projection is 139.6. This one is 139.47. So this is all at, it's sorted by top projection. So as we go down, the ownership should go down also. So this one is 121.86. This one is 119. This one is 146. So like, why would you play a lineup that is so much more owned than this lineup based on our current projected ownership, but is projected slightly lower? You wouldn't, right? So I'm obviously not playing 300 lineups. Maybe I'm only playing 20 lineups. Maybe we're only playing 150. Maybe we're only playing three. Who knows? But if I given a choice, I probably would, would play this first lineup over the second lineup. And because of that, I'm going to eliminate this lineup. Right? So this one is 109. So that's good. So as we go down, the ownership should go down. This is 131. This is too high owned. Right? We get rid of it. This one is slightly higher owned. So we try to beat 109.72. So you can go through all this. 126. That's way too high. 124, like the lineup above it is better. So you could go through and you could do this manually. This is 300 lineups. You know how long it takes to do it manually? Five to 10 minutes if you wanted to do it this way. Imagine you imagine you have like five builds of 300 and you kind of compare the two. This could take a long time. Well, that's why we've created at the theory of DFS.com. A, let me get the entire screen. A portfolio trimmer that has that function in it if you wanted to do that in mass, right? You could also do it by stack. You don't have to put all of your lineups in here, all of your potential lineups in here. You could put, I'm going to build uh, 100 Stafford lineups and then Smart Trim. I'm going to build 100 Jared Goff lineups and then Smart Trim. You could do something like that. You don't have to put them all in. But I could just click Smart Trim and that process of eliminating the lineups based on projection versus ownership, so that as the projection goes down, the ownership also goes down. I can just press that one button, smart trim. Let it do its work. It'll take a minute. Strawface 23, would you do this exercise for small field entries as well? Yes, that is what I do. Contests that are 500, 1,000 entries and either single entry or three max type contests? Yeah, why not? Remember, you could build, for those contests, you could build 5,000 lineups that are about the same from an expected value standpoint. So how do you choose which ones to play? I choose the ones that have the highest projection for the lowest ownership. So like you could, you could use these tools. I use these tools to make my small field lineups, right? Let me see what these look like. Let me see what those look like. Let me see what these combinations look like. And now I have something to compare everything to each other. So in baseball, I, do I play five, three? Do I play a five, one? Do I play a four, four? I just build all those combinations and I have them all mixed together. And then if it just so happens I'm playing a four, three, one, one or whatever, then that's so be it. So look, so I, I did the smart trim 
based on this. And I got down to just all, just these lines. That's it. All 300 came down to this. So as it went down, right, because I mean, because the projection difference isn't that dramatic in these 300. We're building the chalkiest lineups based on projections. So you can see that these are all, these are Fournette, Barkley, Devontae Adams in the flex. They have a lot of Nico Collins in them. I'm a, I'm a, you start bumping that projection down a little, maybe it doesn't come up as much. So maybe if you were to play a combination of Fournette, Barkley, Bengals, maybe these are the lineups that are more, obviously they have T Higgins in it. We don't know if he's going to play, but you could do that with, with any portfolio. And remember, you could just always bring it back by reloading the portfolio and you get all your lineups back. So if you want to eliminate some and then do that, that's fine. If you want to have different projections, sort the numbers. Like I'm going to do a smart trim for all of my lineups that project between 135 and 140. And then do a smart trim for ones that are between 135, 130 and 135 or certain ownership ranges. Right? So you're not forcing in very similar players when you do smart trim. You could do them by band. I, I talk about that in the course. By bands of risk. Say, well, I, I don't want all chalky lineups, but I also don't want all like really contrarian lineups. So maybe you use this portfolio trimmer to go, okay, let me let me build let me build a set of 300 chalky lineups. Chalkier, like higher ownership sub lineups. And you do it in different bands. Maybe you build 100 at the 130 to 140 band. You build 100 from the 120 to 130 band. You build 100 from 110 to 120. You build 100 from 100 to 110. And then you end up with like a thousand lineups in each band. And then maybe you trim each band. You trim each band and then you maybe you put them all together and then you trim it from there. And something like that. And maybe, maybe, hey, if you're only playing three lineups, maybe you could get down to three lineups. You started with a thousand and now you're down to three lineups. Or you're down to 14 lineups and then you could just pick and choose. You just, oh, I got 14 lineups to choose from. Which three do I like the best? In whatever way you consider liking. You could do that. If you're playing 20 lineups, you could, you, maybe you get it down to 58 lineups. And you're like, okay, here are my 58 candidates. Which 20 do I pick? And then you can just pick based on risk tolerance. Just be like, okay, I'll pick a couple of these stacks, a couple of those stacks. I don't want to have all the Derek cars, so I'm going to get rid of this one. And there you go. It allows you to, to build a whole ton of potential lineups and then trim that down to candidate lineups. And then from those candidates, select the ones that you're going to play based on some type of metric of want to play the highest projection with the lowest ownership. Gives you some type of thing there. Rather than try to do that in lineup HQ and end up with all tons of clumps and you're, you're screwing with exposures when you shouldn't be. None of, none of what I did has anything to do with exposures. The lineups are the lineups. I'm looking for the, I'm looking for the highest EV lineups I can. For the lowest risk possible because once you let's say you smart from everything let's say we did that we did all 300 you can also bring this back into the portfolio correlation matrix and and see 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 if you have too much of one person if you want i mean obviously when we got it down to like seven okay so now we're down to this okay these are all the chalky lineups. i'm not even saying that these are the lineups i would even consider playing anyway because they're they have too many chalky combinations of players so we're down to what? These are eight lineups. Well, I got another tool for you. So let's say you're you're only you're only playing like maybe you're only playing three max or something. 
Well, we also have a lineup simulator. I'll bring that up. Move this over here. So you see it's loading up. Okay. We're going to have to put it. We could, I could put in the projections, the ceiling and the floor. And it could do 2,500 simulations. So we could see here, right here. We bring it up all the way down. Okay. So we're going to go, we're going to play the projections here, right? I'm going to just go right in to our other tool that exists, right? Because the projections are right there, right? Player ID, right? I just copy A to N, right? That should be right. Copy A to N, paste that right here. So I got the projections there. I could put in these lineups, clear the lineups. We're not on DK Showdown. We're on regular. So I'm taking the lineups from the portfolio trimmer, right? We're down to these, like, these lineups right here. I'm going to take these lineups. There are eight lineups. Put them in <clears throat> right there. Then based on those projections, there you go. It's simulated, right? Using the floor and ceiling projections, you get a simulation. You can see in the middle of the screen of lineup one to lineup eight. Now, obviously, the ones that have the highest median projection are more likely to win in comparison, win compared to each other, not with the contest. But if you refresh this and you go, okay, randomness is on 15, you're like, okay, well, this lineup, this lineup six, maybe you have a slightly higher ceiling, it comes out a little bit higher than these, and maybe you get rid of them. Right, you go, okay, I need I, I want three lineups. It seems like the top two are good, right? Against each other, right? Because obviously they have the higher median. So you have Stafford, Fournette, Barkley, Amon Ross, St. Brown. This one is Tyreek Hill in it. So what do you got? You got you got a 2v2 or something. Get Derek Carr, Hunter Renfro. Right? You got something. So maybe you want the top two. So you don't mind the top two. So you're gonna take the top two. It's like, okay, I'm going to play the top two. Then let me take one that's lower down. So I'm going to get rid of the, maybe you cut and paste these out and put them in your DraftKings file. I'm just going to clear these out. So we already decided on them. So I clear those out. I'm going to clear, clear, clear contents, clear contents. So now we're left with the other lineups. We go in here and we could run those, right? Just to get a sense of like how close these lineups are to each other, right? We could, we could even add, Add up even add more even more randomness right so we see here that lineup three four five and six are really not all that different lineup seven and eight maybe a little too 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 low too low in projection so maybe we get rid of those the bottom two lineups clear contents okay so you got four lineups left and you maybe you want to choose one maybe you only wanted to choose one of the top two so you already got one of those Right, so you play, you pick one of those, and now you go back and, like, yeah, these lineups are not not all that not not all that different from each other. Like, there's slight, I mean, slight three or three is maybe slightly, very slightly better. So maybe you say I'm going to take lineup three and then one of lineup four, five, or six, and then depending on what players are in it, you go, okay, well, do I how much how much TJ Hawkinson do I want, right? But this is a quick, this is a little quick way of seeing like how. How close the lineups are to each other as far as performance is concerned based on the floor and the ceiling. And you may find that there's some lineups that have a slightly higher median 
but one lineup has a higher ceiling and actually wins a little bit more often, a little bit more. So you can just run, you can run these, every time you press this button, you're running 2,500 simulations, right? Obviously, if you keep the randomness to zero, the top lineup is always going to win. Actually, the top lineup now, actually lineup four is the lineup that wins, right? Because it's the highest median, right? So if you barely add any randomness, right? I mean, it's going to be closer to the median. So typically, you know, randomness for this is not the same thing as randomness in lineup HQ. This just means how far away but to the to the one standard deviation level do you want to go. So if you put it at 100% randomness, that means it'll be it'll go from one standard deviation plus or minus like that. Right? Right. Doesn't mean it goes all the way to the three standard deviation, four standard deviation, just... How much inside of that one standard deviation, that 68% of outcomes, does it go? 100% would be the whole way of that one standard deviation. 50% would be halfway. 0% would be just the median, right? So you're just going like that. So it's not necessarily the same as randomness in lineup HQ. So this would be a good tool. The reason we only you can only do 10 is because as you add more, it's exponentially, it gets slower and slower. And that's beyond the power of pretty much to use Excel to do this. Uh, and uh, you probably shouldn't be weighing like lineups like this unless this is like more for like single entry three max type of stuff. than like, I'm going to, I want to weigh 150 lineups against each other. Like, dude, you don't need to, you don't need to do that, but maybe comparing 10 to each other. Okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's useful. A lot of times you could look and see what the ceiling projection is for these lineups versus the floor and figure that out yourself. So you don't necessarily even need the Sims to do it. But we added a tool in here that if you want to compare cash lineups even, you go, I have to choose between these three lineups for cash games. Well, just run some Sims. So just run, click some buttons and go, is there anything that, that makes one stand out maybe slightly over the other? And if that, make, if that makes enough of a difference to you, then there, it, there, it gives you an ability to make that choice. So this is all included. Let me share it. This is all included in the Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players. How to apply profitable DFS strategies for advanced players. Having a solid understanding of game theory concepts in Daily Fantasy Sports can separate you from the recreational players. But how do you develop a systematic, repeatable, time-efficient process to analyze slates effectively and consistently build lineups that show a long-term profit? In this 10-chapter audio course, you will learn these expert-level methodologies and simply leveraging publicly available information and tools, such as what you could find at Roto-Grinders. If you're a premium member, so click on that description, get $10 off your first month, all without requiring any formal expertise in mathematics or any experience in computer programming whatsoever. So how could you have a game theory advantage and use these tools and use the concepts from the course in order to build lineups, and you don't even need to know anything about the sport. You don't need to know anything. You get projections, you get ownership, you get all that. You're able to weed out bad lineups, right? Lineups that are duped too much. Lineup com- player combinations that are too have too high variance factors. How do you build lineups that are plus EV? This 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 is the methodology to build plus EV lineups that don't involve you having to run your own simulations of contests. By, you don't have to program in Python or R. 
you could be directionally correct enough. If it gets to the point that playing this way is is not profitable, then probably everyone should quit because the rate eats everyone. But there's DFS, there's still an edge. It's 2022. So how do you build better lineups? Get Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports for advanced players at theoryofdfs.com. As Strafes23 says, I've been doing it manually. We'll definitely purchase the advanced class with these tools. Exactly. These are efficiency tools. Will they tell you what lineup to play? No. Of course, they won't tell you what lineup to play, but they will speed up the process of you getting down to the lineups that you want to play. That's why I showed you the correlation matrix, the portfolio trimmer, the lineup simulator. We have a duplication predictor for like the showdown and uh, and like MMA, PGA, small stuff. Uh, also have contest reviewer, which is similar. It's like results DB. So you could import a, a previous contest CSV and take a look at at all your opponent's lineups, what they were projected, what the, you know, what exposures they had, or you could look up anyone. And that's especially useful because in results DB, you could do it here at Roto Grinders, but we only have like the featured contests. So if you you play, oh, I play the $12 single entry in MLB and they never list that or the $40, whatever. Or I play this like, dude, all you need is the contest CSV. You plug it in, you pretty much get your own little results DB for yourself. And then we've also have a, a contest history analyzer, which I always suggest just getting Roto Tracker, but if you're you're gonna kind of cheap and you don't have, you don't play like if you're a single lineup type of player, like you're not you're not gonna have like hundred thousands of rows in your contest history, so maybe you don't want to spend the the couple of bucks a month for Roto Tracker. You're like okay, so we gave you something that's that you could analyze. You import your contest history; it'll show you your ROI per sport and give you little graphs and stuff like that. But uh, that's more useful for people that. Don't play as often or only play few lineups, few entries. It's not meant for you to put in uh, 250,000 lines and then expect it to work in Excel. It's not going to work. Okay. It's meant for for smaller, under 100,000 at least, if not under 50,000. And then we also have a lineup lineup, uh, optimizers in there, which I don't suggest. We threw that in for people that, Maybe don't have access to an optimizer or anything like that. It's just simple, a single lineup optimizer. You just put in your projections and it'll tell you what the optimal lineup is. The top median projected lineup. That's all That's all it does. So like here in, at Roto-Grinders, it's essentially this. You press that button, right? There you go. Based on the current projection, here's 140.70, right? In Excel, it takes way longer to do. Okay, let, let me just tell you. It takes way longer to do if you have a lot of players in your pool and everything. So I wouldn't suggest doing it in Excel, but you need something like lineup HQ. You need projections. You need stuff like that. So sign up for Roto Grinders. If you're already signed up for Roto Grinders, you don't need the the, the lineup optim single lineup optimizer we've included with the theory of DFS. I just want to make that clear. It's not a full fledged optimizer. It's just there for. I just want to know if I have all my projections and what the optimal lineup is. And if you could you could remove a row. Oh, I want to take out this guy and then run it. But like I said, there's all there's a limited what you could do in Excel. So it's not the best to do it in Excel. And it, the time it takes to do in Excel is like 50 times longer than it is to press this button in lineup HQ. Okay. So you may be sitting there for five minutes while it figures it out. And you'd be like, this seems this seems stupid to wait five minutes to do it. Well, that's why you sign up for Roto-Grinders Premium. Right. So you get a tool. You need you need a tool to build the lineups anyway. These tools won't build the lineups for you. 
You have to insert lineups. You have to insert projections. So you need projections. You need lineups. Now, obviously, you could build lineups by hand in DraftKings and then export that and use I mean, you can do that. But you need some type of lineup builder where you could export here and have the lineups and put them in and the projections. So this is not something to replace Roto-Grinders. This is not something to replace Lineup HQ. This is something to add to it, to speed up the process, right? Instead of getting rid of all these, oh, I'm going to build 1,500 lineups, right? Because this only builds 300 at a time. You can build 3,000 lineups. You can build 10,000. I think James was talking to me the other day. He built out 15,000, 20,000 lineups, and he was using the tools, right? Then they're much slower with that many lineups. But you go, okay, I'm going to build 100 of these, 300 of those, 500 of those. He's working around with, like, Python and stuff to generate lineups, and then still using the tools. Cut and paste these, cut and paste those, trim these, trim those, take a look at those. You can do a lot with it. So it's you're not you're not you're not limited to just like oh I, I can only build 150 lineups at a time. It's like no, for showdown the other day I built like 3,000 lineups. I went captain by captain, built a whole bunch of lineups, and then started trimming. Go this one projects too low. Let me cut it off there. Let me cut this off here. Cut these lineups out. I, and I was playing about 50 lineups or so. I got it down to like 70, and then I kind of pick and chose the last 20 to get rid of. And there you go. There were my lineups done. Oh, so hit that thummy thumb button on your way out the door, right? This is to me, this is a first look of going over the NFL slate. Like, like, well, what do you think of Fournette against the run defense of the saints or something like, dude, it's already in the number. All that discussion is already in the number. So I don't, I don't, I don't care why, as long as the numbers are accurate, I could build, I, I could build, I could build good lineups, right? Reasonably accurate, right? That's why I said Nico Collins, maybe a slightly over projected, maybe slightly. Right, because if he's going to come in at that low ownership for, yeah, so that's why you know, like here, Greg Dorch, like, is is he really going to have the role that he had last week? I don't know. Maybe the ownership is going to be higher, right? You bump up his ownership to thirteen point eight seven percent, then he may not show up in a lot of the lineups that you trim because he's ten percentage point higher owned. So that's why you know, aggregating, waiting till I mean, when it's Wednesday, we don't even know. Someone gets injured on Thursday, right? Thursday's practice, is Higgins going to play? Is this guy going to play? You don't know. So that's why, like, looking on Wednesday, like, I'm not going to just, like, save this and go, like, oh, yeah, this is this is the way it's going to play out. But most likely, Barkley, Fournette, and the Bengals' defense will be chalky. I could, say, I could probably tell you that for sure. But that's probably the case. But you never know. We'll see what happens later in the week. We got NFL shows all week long. All week long. We got, we got the Soul cast later today. They're... The, even though I did take a first look, that is technically the first first look podcast, the Swolcast. And uh, and we, we got uh, tournament shows. I, I got a premium show on Fridays for NFL with Tuttle. Uh, and then, as always, baseball still going on, right? We still got MLB. I'll be on later with Dean and Kirkwood, right? I'll be on later, MLB. Pretty much doing the same process for MLB and going, okay, this is what I think. And, uh, why do you think? I have no idea. The projections are the projections. But I'll be on Grinders Live later today, 5 o'clock Eastern. And that's followed by Crunch Time with Kevin Roth to go through uh, uh, right before lock, around the horn. They'll be talking about the weather updates and everything. So, so I'll see you later then. And I'll be back tomorrow, right? Probably still talking about NFL. Maybe we'll talk about the Chargers Chiefs showdown slate tomorrow, maybe. But I'll, I'll, I'll be here, as I always am. 11 o'clock Eastern, Monday through Friday. 
answering your DFS strategy questions, as I usually do, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com. We'll <laughs> be